All right, welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. We're behind the scenes here. Uh, there is um, some sort of technical mayhem going on uh, as we are trying to prep our Son of Godzilla DVDs. But I am your host, Kyle Bird, and with me... Hi, I'm, I'm Matt. Pleasure yes. to, to, to be here. <laughs> yeah, sounds as uh, as spunky as ever. Uh, and with us, uh, we have a guest host. This is a son of Godzilla commentary. So we we said, you know, we have to bring on someone who has a special affection for this movie. And that's our friend Tom, who you've heard before. How are you doing, sir? I'm pumped. I love this movie. I do, too. Some people don't like it that much. You know that? Some people are a-holes. <laughs> Um, now, the origin of this episode dates back about a year and a month, where roughly two weeks after, a week, maybe a week and a half after Father's Day had occurred, Matt came to me and said, hey, we did a Mother's Day episode, why don't we do a Father's Day one? And I said, Matt, Father's Day is over. And he's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't just cater to mothers. Ooh, you know, you gotta... And, and, then, and then he got... He, he, man, he was, oh, did he become a meninist? Yeah, he, he did. He became some men's rights guy. And then he's like... He's like, look, just because you didn't have a dad growing up doesn't mean they're not important. Or, I don't know. Is that how it went? I don't, I don't believe that's what happened. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So, but then, you know, we, we, you know, I was able to talk him down a little bit and I said, uh, Matthew, you're being overly aggressive. Father's Day is over. Nobody wants to think about Father's Day after <laughs> Father's you Day. You that doesn't want to think about Father's Day. Well, I don't think about it anyway. And I've never had a reason to. Oh, man. All right. So, uh, Son of Godzilla, this is 1967. This is probably in the peak uh, boom of, of kaiju media in Japan was 1966 and 1967. Um, uh, we had all kinds of st- stuff going on in 67. We had, uh, we had uh, King Kong Escapes. Um, Ultraman was blowing up the airwaves. Uh, it was a great time. And, you know, you often wonder if these guys that are like, ooh, what's with all the superhero movies would have said the same if they were in Japan in the 60s. You also have Gamera vs. Gauss, uh, Gappa, the X from Outer Space. Um, it, was, uh, it was a crazy, crazy time. Um, Yongari came out as well. Um, so uh, I think this is uh, Mark's uh, kind of a... a a new um, shift in the Godzilla series, and we'll get all into that. Um, now, if Matt's done fumbling with his jank Dude, we're, we're good. We're good. video video player software, um, we're probably ready to just go and start. Um, you know, and I have some some uh, some facts and topics and stuff for go to to go over um, as as we move. Through the film, uh, as always, we um, aren't going to be super screen specific. I don't think um, so. Uh, if you've listened to our other commentaries before, it's probably going to be similar um, because 
Uh, a lot of people listen to us on their commute and stuff, so uh, if you don't have the movie handy, don't worry. We got you covered. Now, um, I think all three of us right now are using the Sony DVD, but we recognize that uh, some people may be using a Toho disc or something else. So to make it easy, uh, we are going to press play as the Toho logo fades in. Uh, so if you have the TriStar disc, get through the TriStar logo, which is at 21 seconds, um, despite what Matt's janky <laughs> or, software has Or 11 if you're using some bootleg-ass <laughs> software. Yeah. So, um, so right before the Toho logo comes in, you should have a black screen. That's where you want it paused. So uh, we're all synced up. You guys ready? Ready for the ride? Ready. All right, so I'll say one, two, three, go, and on go, well, I'll say play instead. When I say play, everyone press that little rectangular play button. <laughs> it would have been awesome if you would have said, I'm going to say one, two, three, go, and then said one, two, three, play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anyways. one, two, three, and play. Woo. All right, Toho. Company, LTD. <laughs> uh, so here we are starting June Fuka's. Can we do this like a, we do this like a, a Schwarzenegger commentary? <laughs> and here you see the water. The, there's water <laughs> falling down. There's water falling down. <laughs> uh, so here we have, I think, the only scene missing from the American version, and that is this... Uh, this plane flying above the ocean and Godzilla comes out and spooks everyone. And the dude, the navigator is, uh, from sea monster. Yeah. And then the, the guy, the captain is, um, uh, the guy that played Ultraman. I mean, uh, oh. or Harada and what was Hi- yeah, Hayata. Hayata. And here we have one of the only two scenes in the movie where Nakajima is playing Godzilla. Um, they want it went for a bigger actor, I think, to you know look a little bigger compared to Minya and Nakajima's just in the water scenes, which are this one and then the one where he lands at the uh, on the the island later. Man, the is, it, is it is it like Hurricane Ryu or something like that? <laughs> yeah, there's the, there's uh, weather problems abound in this movie. No, who's the actor who plays Godzilla? In this oh. Movie? Uh, um, well, it was an actor named uh, Seiji Onaka, who was a baseball player, um, and he had a lot of like bit parts, like not sometimes not even speaking roles in Toho movies. Uh, after this, he's probably most famous for being the photographer that gets killed in Rodan. Um, but he uh, broke his fingers or something, and he was replaced by uh, uh, a suit actor named Hiroshi Sakita, who is a little bit more... Um, you know, he played, uh, Mecha Kong, Gorosaurus, Abira, the Brown Gargantua, um, Angulus, one of the Bat people in Latitude Zero. So he was like a real suit actor. Uh. And automatically, I want to, I think, autom- right here, I mean, Sea Monster, which was the same team, uh, Fukuda and, you know, a Sekizawa script and... Uh, a, co- a score by Sato, but I mean, right here you have a very different uh, feel for a Godzilla movie, especially with this music. Yeah, it's more 
much more adventure, uh, lighthearted. Um, yeah, it's it's great stuff though. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, well, I will <laughs> I will talk about June Fukuda in, in a while. <laughs> this um, is another one of his least favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's quite a bit to say about him. Um, but yeah, right now, um. This score immediately tells you you're getting a different kind of Godzilla movie. And um, when Fukuda was brought in on Sea Monster, Toho was pretty insistent that he use a Fukube. And he pretty much fought against that as much as he could. And uh, he wanted Sato. And eventually they said, okay, fine. And I think that was a good idea. Yeah, he, he didn't want it. He wanted it to feel... Um, different from the movies that came before. And Fukube's music is just so urgent and serious that these bright island movies would really feel strange. Yeah, I really can't imagine... You know, I mean, some of the later ones, obviously, like... Because, I mean, was it Godzilla vs. Gigon is still that really campy, kind of goofy movie, and it has a... A Honda score, basically. I mean, it's all recycled, Fukube, but it's a. Mean, but, it, oh yeah, a yeah, Fukube yeah, yeah. score. Sorry, but it's it's all recycled, but it's still it's in a Fukube score, and it it works. But like these these two movies, Sea Monster and this one, I really can't imagine working with an Fukube score like at all. They just they're they're so the island setting, the the super bright colors, you know the. Battles are all during the daytime. Like I, there, there are barely even any nighttime scenes at all. I, I can't imagine those working with Ifukube scores. <clears throat> and uh, it's also worth mentioning because now I, that just seems to be such a big thing. Anytime uh, a Godzilla movie comes out, you know, people are like, you know, would it have really hurt to put in a Fukube theme in here and? I don't know. I don't really think it matters. Who cares? Yeah. I, I mean, there's Godzilla's. I, I don't know. You just wonder if fans back then were were saying the same thing. Like, where's the where's the the main theme mm. and all that? But, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the production design in this. Uh, it looks it it has a artificiality to it that. I think is a lot of fun. And then the island stuff looks great. Uh, this DVD actually looks pretty, pretty darn good for, you know, for being a DVD, not a, you know, an HD Blu-ray. Or yeah. Anything. This DVD looks great. I, honestly, like uh, the only, the only reason to eventually upgrade would just to, would be just to, God, you, I feel like you'd, Although all the Sony DVDs looked great, right? And then when the Blu-rays came out under Kraken for like Sea Monster, I, I feel like that was one especially where the the DVD looked great. Mm-hmm. And then when the and then when the Blu-ray came out, it was like, whoa, this is really really great, you know? Like, but I feel like the reason to get the the Blu-ray would be like, you know, the maybe they restore the Japanese uh, text in the credits mm-hmm. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine once we get to the location footage, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but, 
Um, do you guys remember when you saw this one first? I don't. Um, this is this is like that where this is post my introduction to the franchise, which is Sea Monster, um, and that I do definitely remember the very first time I ever saw any Godzilla movie. Um, but this is like I was introduced to Godzilla at such a young age. This is just one that I always had. Like I had this on an old, I had this on an old. Um, taped off a TV copy that I think it was taped off like TBS. Um, and I just watched this movie my entire life. I think in fact, though, my copy might've, it, it, it might've missed maybe the first, I don't know, two, three minutes of the movie. Uh, but still, yeah, I, I don't remember the first time I ever saw this movie at all. I uh, caught it on Disney channel and I just caught, by chance, the uh, the tail end of the film. So I had a, a VHS and I taped it and I watched that fight sequence like three or four times that day, wishing that I didn't miss the entire movie because I did. I had no idea what it was other than it was Godzilla. Um, and then I eventually tracked down um, a copy, probably at I think Sears. Actually, Sears used to sell um, all kinds of different stuff. I know they they sold a ton of Godzilla films. At least the one here did. Uh, I I remember it pretty well. Uh, I think it was the winter. Might have, I was probably eight, uh, eight years old or so. Um, but to transport some people back to the pre-internet days. Um, I sorry to interrupt. I just I love this. So, uh. So our basic premise here is this group of scientists are on the island conducting some experiment. We haven't figured out what yet. And they get a blip on their radar and someone jumps out of a plane. And it's this reporter, um, Goro Maki. And when they're like, well, how did you know about us? How did you know we were here? He's like, no, I just, I smelled it. Like <laughs> <laughs> He literally falls out of the sky and into the plot. <laughs> Pretty accurate. Uh, and it's worth. It should be worth noting that he is the first of several Goro Makis that would show up in this franchise. Uh, we have Goro Maki, the reporter in Godzilla '84, and we have Goro Maki, the deceased uh, scientist. He had a pair in, of shoes. In oh. yeah, and and uh, his <laughs> shoes <laughs> in Shin Godzilla and, as well. And his origami. <laughs> yes, and his uh, elaborate origami. Um. Uh, I interrupted your. Story oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Though. So, um, before the internet, you know, you couldn't just type in Godzilla franchise and see all the movies that were made. Um, and, uh, you know, you had some books and English publications. Other than that, you had um, like my grand uh, parents would always have like Leonard Maltin's movie guide. And I would just pick up that thick book of reviews and just look up the Godzilla titles. Just, you know, oh, is there one out there that I haven't seen? Um, and uh, since we're talking about Father's Day, uh, the, yes, the closest thing I had to a father was my grandfather, who helped raise me. Uh, and uh, as I've, I've said a couple times on this podcast, one of my biggest uh, nostalgic memories is... Um, 
you know, going through those movie guides with him or go, having him going through TV listings with him, having him tape these off TV um, and going to video stores, you know, and you just basically all the ones in the remote area and clearing them out of any Godzilla movies that, you know, I hadn't seen. And I remember one day, one winter day, he picked me up from school. I think it was the winter. Uh, when you get to be uh, older, uh, these memories just kind of turn into blurs. Um, and he was like, I rented Son of Godzilla. I found it at, you know, this blockbuster or whatever that, you know, we never went to a lot. And I was like, oh, great. So I went home and I watched Son of Godzilla. And um, this is always one that I liked. Um, I think uh, when I was younger, um, I wasn't as into the enemy monsters, you know, because the, they're just kind of big bugs. But now as a older, um, you know, early 30s, uh, I really like both the the Kamakuras and Kumanga has become a favorite of mine. Yeah, they're both awesome. Yeah, I really, I've always personally really liked the Kamakuras, and as I've gotten older, I've gotten way more appreciation for just how well Kumanga and the Kamakuras are executed. And just um, a moment ago, we had our only look at the smaller Kamakuras before the experiment makes everything even bigger. But uh, since since you mentioned it and you said, you know, since we're speaking of Father's Day, this is my dad's favorite Godzilla movie. So uh, that's something. And it's and it's actually it's my kids favorite uh, Godzilla movie. There's there's kind of an, another uh, kind of thing about it is this is the this is actually for my kids. This is the only Godzilla movie that I can put on. And they could say, you know, like, let's watch, ba-. they call it Baby Godzilla, but whatever. Um, you know, let's watch Baby Godzilla, let's watch Baby Godzilla. And I could put the disc in and press play and, you know, switch the language to English and, and walk away. Um, they will sit and watch the entire movie. I think that's a, that, that speaks a lot to how well-paced the movie in general is. Um, certainly, it's obviously, you know... Uh, very bright and eye catching, and and the score is definitely you know like a very kid friendly. They 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 love the score and they like dancing and bopping around to it. But I think it's it's a a mark in this movie's favor of how well paced it is. I mean, especially once you get past. I mean, we're we're quickly coming up on our first uh, moments of like getting the giant Kamakuras going after the the baby egg once that scene happens there's there's consistent kaiju action sprinkled in throughout the rest of the entire movie um there's there's very little breaks from it once you get past that's the first like 20 minutes of the movie honestly um so yeah it's uh it's it's just got that kind of it's for it's my dad's favorite and it's my kid's favorite so um, we're sitting here watching it. I don't know if either of you guys rewatched this at all in preparation for this. But no, I like, I've I don't, seen this movie I don't, so many. I don't need to because <laughs> I've seen it probably like forty-five <laughs> times in the last year. <laughs> I did actually watch it with Landon uh, like three days ago. Just put it on. He was he, like your kids, Tom. He was uh, he was dancing around to the, to the score, which is great. I should mention my dad was the one that uh, introduced me to Godzilla. My first Godzilla movie being Godzilla 1985, so I can 
blame him for all of my uh, fascination with the character. And it, it kind of, from that point on, I really never looked back. But I always, when I think of Godzilla, I often do think about, like, my dad is one of those things that, for me, holds a pretty special moment just because, I mean, it'll always remind me of my father. And uh, I'm glad that I can now get to share that with Landon, who will always sit down and watch monsters with me, whether it's Godzilla, Gamera, or Ultraman. Landon now is a huge fan and has toys and he asked to watch the movies. He asked to play with toys. So that, that's pretty awesome that I can share that with him. Yeah. Your first uh, Godzilla movie was 85. Yeah, man. That's like, how old were you? Like five? That's like twisted. <laughs> yeah, man. I was, uh, so the story behind that, it was probably like 90, I guess. And, um, my dad, we went to West coast video and we, he was like, I'm going to show you the, you know, basically the biggest dinosaur ever. And I was like, Oh sweet. And then I watched it. And I did have nightmares for a while afterwards. And every time it, it like thundered, you know, for the next six months or something, I was like, is Godzilla going to come get me? And I was terrified. And actually I begged and begged somebody to watch the movie with me because I kept renting it, but I wouldn't watch it alone. So like I would beg my grandma when she would babysit, like, we watch this with me, grandma? She probably got tired of it. I distinctly remember her telling me like, yeah, not today. <laughs> she was... uh, <laughs> we should mention a moment ago we had... Uh... I mean, it, when Yoshio Tsuchiya shows up in a movie, you're really just counting down the minutes for him to, to lose his damn mind. And yeah, he's great at that. He just, he just had a meltdown a moment ago, and we will have more <laughs> of those. Um, but yeah, it should be mentioned, uh, we all have kids now. Um, for simplicity's sake, I'll say my daughter. It's my, my girlfriend, who I've been with for a few years, and... Her and her daughter live with me, so I'm essentially a step-parent without the, the marriage part. Um, uh, she's not quite there yet. She likes those uh, Random House storybooks, you know, the, the Bob Eggleton ones. Um, and I almost got her through all of Godzilla's Revenge a few weeks ago. She, she, checked, she tapped out when there was about uh, maybe, 10, 15, maybe 15 minutes left. So uh, that is a, that's, a, that's a triumph... In itself. Godzilla says I should learn to fight my own battles. <laughs> and yes, she know. calls Minya baby Godzilla as well. Yeah. It's just so easier. Minya or Milena? Because I'll never... I, Minya... Well, first of all, nobody says Mil, Mi, whatever you just said. Minera? Minera? <laughs> no one says that either. Uh, you can say Minya or Manila. I don't know who says mm-hmm. Minila. Ah, he said Milena. Like... <laughs> Why... <laughs> What's up with Dude, you? I, I don't speak English. Spinosaurus uh, is still my favorite. Minya. Yeah, that's, that'll so. come up in a in a future episode. I'm sure. Spinosaurus. <laughs> Minya. Yes. Yeah, I always say Minya. Um, we've kind of been alternating between the on location stuff and uh, on set stuff, but um, this movie was shot on location in Guam, and I think uh, the outdoor photography in this movie is really really good. I was actually lucky enough to see a recently struck 35 millimeter print of this at the Detroit Institute of Arts. It was a, there was a double feature of this in 20 million miles to earth. And, uh, it just looked gorgeous. Um, it's easy for people, you know, the naysayers or whatever to overlook really just how good looking this movie is. Because there is a one really bad element of it, and it's glaring and awful, <laughs> and it's 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 the star of the show. 
You're talking about uh, Godzilla? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the suit is pretty true. Well, mo- see, most people would say Minya is the worst thing about it. Well, most people are a-holes. People don't like him. People are jerks. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a this is a fun sequence. Um, this is where Sato's music gets to be at its most um, urgent. You know, the the closest I guess it might ever get to mimicking an Ifugube moment. You know, with just the the kind of tense, tense, lots of strings. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun like. It works. I, I don't know. I've I've always kind of just associated the music that's playing with tension. It, it's definitely successful in that regard. This whole thing with the weather balloon uh, was also part of uh, a treatment that Sekizawa wrote for uh, a Godzilla versus Batman crossover. <laughs> Um, Look at how fun that looks, though. Those little <laughs> towers spraying stuff. I I love the miniatures in this. There, I, I mean, this movie is obviously made on a lot cheaper. You know, that's part of the island locale. You know, you don't have to worry about these big cityscapes or or whatever. But the jungles and stuff are all really cool. Um. The mechanics of the experiment never exactly made sense to me. You know, they're they're okay. We're gonna we're gonna cool it down. Oh, it seems to be working. Now we're gonna launch our radioactive heating balloon. And then like, and then like when they do that, like because they do it again later in the movie, and it keeps cooling it down for some reason. You know, like it's a weird, weird. The mechanics of it don't exactly make sense, but I mean that's not the point. I refuse really to all. believe something in this movie doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, we should talk about what this movie was really made. Uh, Tanaka says out of uh, desperation a little bit, you know, and trying to. Minya was a deliberate choice to try and bring in more um, kids and, you know, couples, you know, thinking, you know, girls and women would like the idea of a baby Godzilla. And uh, it didn't really work. <laughs> this movie wasn't very successful. What's with that? So here's here's one of the weirder moments of the movie, honestly, um, is this voiceover that like it comes out of nowhere it's not really necessary but it's in every version of the movie you know it's telling us uh, what we're looking at yeah but you don't need that like it's so weird uh, you know like thus the temperature has reached the boiling point and <laughs> like like Three days later, it finally cooled. <laughs> like, 
I don't know. There's there is a better way to handle that. It's it's weird to have it come in with a with a voiceover. You know, like they're already doing all their expedi- exposition dumping when they're like explaining this experiment or whatever. They could have just said, "Oh, if the balloon goes off too high, it'll create a nuclear storm, and we'll be stuck inside for days." You know, like they didn't they didn't have to have some random epic voice guy come in with a with a voiceover. That's the one that's one legitimately like weird <laughs> just out of place moment in the movie. But um maybe this is a good time to talk about June Fukuda. Um because I don't know if, did we do that when we were talking about revenge? I can't remember. Well, um, I mean that well that was a Honda film. Yeah, so uh, June Fugida, interesting, interesting guy. Yeah, no, he's uh, he is an interesting guy. Um, you know, he his attitude towards these movies was really uh, not so much negative, but uh, apathetic. Um, I think I think the best way to talk about it is to talk about what being a director for a Japanese studio was like at the time. And that was similar to, you know, the 50s and 60s studio system in Hollywood, where um, a lot of the times, if you're a director, you know, you come in and you get a script and you're told, uh, this is your assignment, go make it. And that's what you do. Um, and so it, it it should be noted that he... Um, he considered himself a director of action and dramas. Uh, so, you know, he he wasn't in love with the idea of doing Godzilla movies. I, I think his thing was always that he really considered the first one, you know, the 54 movie to be, uh, like a, all, a lot of us, uh, he really considered it to be kind of a, a masterpiece with a lot to say and that taking Godzilla and turning it into a franchise just it just inherently was wrong. Um, he said the same thing about King Kong. You know, he said, you know, you can't top King, the first King Kong and you can't top the first Godzilla, and they should really just be remembered for that. Um, and so, yeah, by the by the time he was doing these, you know, I mean, it was work and, you know, that that's what he had to deal with. And I, he had a lot of problems with the budgets. Um, he said, God, we're, God's making Godzilla versus the sea monster was like trying to pour, uh, uh, two buckets of water into one bucket, you know? Um, and later in life, he was really kind of, he didn't do a lot of interviews, and he he really didn't like work. He wasn't really proud of any of his films. And, you know, when some of the Western journalists would go to interview him, he would often kind of get in debates with them <laughs> about whether his movies were any good or not. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he really was kind of kind of a hermit in a way. It's, what's crazy is, so I, I could see him, you know, is if, if your attitude is that uh, they shouldn't make any Godzilla movies, but like, hey, I'm not going to turn down work because 
you know, it's the it's the late '60s and early '70s in the Japanese film industry, which is, you know, in America things weren't good. So you can imagine, you know, things were were terrible at the time in Japan. Um, you're not going to turn down work if you can get it, you know. Um, and so that was his attitude about the movie and the script and everything. Yeah, I, I wonder if anyone had ever kind of a little more pointedly asked him about like, you know, where he thinks his directing kind of topped out or anything like that. Cause you know, we, we were, we were talking about him cause there was a little bit of a lull and then I didn't want to interrupt you, but like some of those shots, like when we first see Kamakura's coming through the trees and you know, the first shots against the, the towers, there's, there's some really good composition. There's some, some really good miniature work. There's some really great camera angles to really sell the size of everything. Like that, that's all really, really good directing for a Kaiju movie, you know, like it's all just really well done. It's not workmanlike. It's not flat. It's not static. Um, these are, these are really well composed, well thought out kind of shots. So it's, you know, I mean, yeah, he might not have wanted to do a Godzilla movie, but you can, he's not just phoning it in. He's not just pointing a camera at something and, and saying, okay, you know, there's the monster. He's he's really trying to actually sell the the scale of it and stuff. So, I, yeah, I there's wonder. there's also um, versus Mechagodzilla has a lot of really interesting camera work. Also, yeah, I wonder if anyone had ever said, oh, where did you think you you know, yeah, okay, I, I get you don't like your <laughs> you don't like the scripts that you shot or whatever, but where do you think you did your best work as a director? You know, so. Um, I wonder what he would have said, but yeah, he's, it, this isn't, you know, yeah, June, June Fukuda is, he's no Ishiro Honda, but he's not like some second rate bum, you know? If you want to look at, um, something where he's really kind of firing on all cylinders, uh, there's no disc release, but, uh, if you have Filmstruck, Criterion has, um, Iron Finger and, uh, this, whatever the sequel was, but those were kind of James Bond homages starring Akira Takarada, and it's just really kind of light, breezy, action-packed kind of kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I know that the book Monsters Are Attacking Tokyo. Stuart Galbraith, the author, said that Fukuda told him the only reason he agreed to do an interview was because he wrote him such a nice letter. Hmm. And then uh, we have now a um, a turkey coming out of an egg. <laughs> Look, it's a it's clearly a baby Godzilla, and uh, I mean, it looks nothing. Not, not, not really. <laughs> this is one of those things where Japan has a very strange idea of cute, uh, and. I know. I think they they even said they wanted Minya to have kind of human like features, which just makes him all the more weird. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, and sometimes I don't understand that you know what what they that they think of as cute. Another one is uh, Busca, the Subaraya like children's show. That thing is not a cute creature, but. And oh, and here we have uh, Suchia losing it again, who 
he this guy was just the best at going crazy on screen. This is a, a cool um entrance for Godzilla coming up. It is. Um, um yeah, we're we're coming up. This is the second and last time uh we're going to be looking at Nakajima in the suit and um just to give you an idea of how this entrance was done um i'm gonna read a passage from steve rifle's book um japan's favorite monstar uh godzilla's entrance in son of godzilla is one of the most impressive in the entire series godzilla swims face down towards the beach his back fins creating a column of water until the monster finally rises up uh and then uh nakajima says, I had a mouthpiece in my mouth connected to an oxygen tank that easily weighed 10 kilograms located in the stomach of the Godzilla suit. I had the crew place a movable cart underwater because it was so heavy it wouldn't move an inch. I was holding on to the cart while I was standing by under the, standing by under the water. My back fins were barely above the surface. They tied a rope to my foot and pulled on it when the camera started to roll because I couldn't hear it if they yelled action above the water. I was pulled by a heavy-duty vehicle like a jeep. When I knew it was time to rise out of the water, I used all my energy to spring out, but the water pressure was tremendous and the mouthpiece was about to fall out of my mouth. It was a pain in the neck. (laughs) That's terrifying. (laughs) Nikita Galilee like almost drowned in one of the water scenes. I mean that that stuff is no joke. I feel like all these guys have almost drowned like a hundred times. Yeah. (laughs) And here we have this hideous Godzilla suit, which I guess he's supposed to look a little more like Minya, but instead he just looks deformed. Yeah, it's bad. Got a really long neck and a really tall head, and the the teeth are like janky and weird (laughs) it's it's a bad suit it's interesting how i know that this movie isn't you know this is no godzilla versus the thing but it is a rather well-liked movie it's interesting just the how big of a deal fans at least at least in this day and age uh make out of the godzilla design because this is just one of the worst I think it's the worst. You know, I mean, if you count 98, maybe after 98, but... Yeah, it's the worst Toho design. I don't know. The anime one sucks, too. <laughs> so, uh, But I, compared to this, though... At least this one moves. <laughs> well, now you're talking about execution and not design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, the anime one isn't my favorite. I would say this is probably overall the worst. I like throughout the movie that they sprinkle in the web, like, just in shots. Yeah. You don't see Kumonga for a while. That's pretty neat. This is worse, because the anime design is, like, the 2014 design if he turned 100 years old and was, like, a grizzled old, like, senior citizen. Tom Tom is correct. I was thinking more about how how it moves, but, yeah, this is the worst. That part of Minya getting hit in the face with the rock is hilarious, by the way. (laughs) It's the best. Min- Minya's basically in this movie just to be a punching bag. Like, um, but yeah, no, this is it, it. Like you were saying, Bert, it's interesting. You know, like I don't think this is on many people's 
worst Godzilla movies list. I'm I'm sure it's on some, and I'm I'm sure uh, as this fandom kind of ages out and actually gets younger, and you know more people get introduced via the legendary films and even Shin Godzilla that the, that there's people who probably look at this movie and sea monster and you know the the Fukuda the more lighthearted fun stuff and and do hate them whatever that's fine whatever but i don't think this is like you know one of the more universally reviled films in the fandom at all i think it's a, a little bit more on the universally liked side yeah, I think and, most people kind of have this in the middle. And, Why is Godzilla being a dick of a dad right now? Oh, he's a terrible child? father. Yeah, he's not um, a good father. Uh, but but you know, for for the movie to have the worst suit in the entire series to to be in the middle of the pack or the upper middle of the pack, it, it just kind of shows, like you said, that people sometimes do place too much emphasis on the design these days. And I know, you know, a lot of times it's the only thing we have to talk about until we see trailers and stuff like that. But like, yeah, the design clearly doesn't make the movie, you know, um, when, when this is a top 10 for me, easy. And it, it is my least favorite look of Godzilla by far. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he eats these like, Delicious looking fruits. <laughs> but he eats like, oh, like two of them. <laughs> like. <laughs> okay, so I actually found the exact response uh, Fukuda had to being requested for an interview about his movies. Uh, <laughs> he said, "I think all I think my movies are all terrible. But if you really want to talk about them with me, well, I guess I would be happy to talk about them." <laughs> <laughs> He sounds awesome. <laughs> and then I have this great interview pulled up, which is like, okay. <laughs> so um, the interviewer, David Milner, is the name of the guy interviewing. He says, which of your science fiction films did you, that you directed are your favorite? And he says, none of them. Then he says, if you, had to, <laughs> if you had to pick one, he picks The Secret of the Telegian. Then he said, which of the Godzilla movies that you directed are your favorites? And then he says, none of them. And then he's asked again, are there any w- w- with which you're especially unhappy? And he says, many of them. <laughs> and then he says, do you think Toho should have made any sequels to Godzilla? And he says, no, I don't think any of God- there should, be- should have been any Godzilla sequels made in the first place. <laughs> so, and, oh, and then, yeah, and then later they ask uh, about the Heisei series. They say, have you seen any of the newer Godzilla movies? And he says, no. <laughs> That's, his response <laughs> is just no. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> as long as you like these movies, there goes your theory that you have to be a, a fan to <laughs> to make a good movie, you know, like. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he knew what his job was. He knew what was expected of him. And, <laughs> I, I mean, he, he put in the work, and I, I think he delivered it. <laughs> this might be my favorite Akira Kubo role, by the way. Oh, I would say almost definitely. Because it's, it's definitely... Although... 
Matango's close. Matango's pretty awesome. Because it's definitely not um not destroy all monsters. Not th- what about um Monster Zero? Oh, he's awesome in Monster it, Zero. It, I was gonna say that was you guys were saying Matango. It might be Monster Zero for me. Cause that is such a doofy fun character. I wonder who's calling me on the telephone. <laughs> Um, Fukuda apparently thought this actress, Beverly Maida, was difficult. Hmm. I think she was half American, though. So I think she was the only person on the set that could, that was actually fluent in, uh, in English. What a racist. (laughs) Did she, did she want to go for a one plus one? Scenario or whatever. Cooperation. U.S. Japan win win. Oh man, the English in uh, that movie is just. A lot of people don't know, probably because this is so old. I said earlier that this movie was not a success, and yeah, this was a bomb. And then Destroy All Monsters was supposed to be the last movie. And then they and then Toe started doing those champion festivals, and they were like, "Oh well, let's keep making them on the cheap." And I mean, they 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 just made yeah. those movies from Revenge through Terror. They were just made for those. Champion yeah, here's festivals. here's fifty three cents. Go make us a movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I love the the Kamakura's theme. It's awesome. I like these the big props that they make for the you know the little momentary interactions they have with the with the kaiju. It's yeah, not there's, so much with the Kamakura. So it was a little bit though. There's some good Kamanga um, stuff. Yeah, uh, but those those I'm big old props. I love the I mean the wire work uh on on these things is actually really good. Very rarely do they look like they're floating above the ground. Yeah. Like, I just Um, think of, like, you know, you can, I think, well, I guess the easiest comparison for this is the Deadly Mantis. And, (laughs) you know, the, 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 I just feel like this is such a more elaborate creature than that one. And the biggest Godzilla comparison might be. I don't know. Would it be Mega Gears? <laughs> Maybe. That thing is so stiff, it's ridiculous. But they made him CG smile. Aren't you happy about that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Her, you sexist. Well, uh, you know. And here's the, the boiling red water. Is this where Minya's being a jackass? Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Mimi shows up. He looks totally different than he did when he was first born. He's <laughs> now played by Little Man Machan. Yeah, Little, or, or uh, um, yeah, or AKA Marshawn the Dwarf, who is a, uh, um, was a dwarf wrestler. Um, and he was, and he was hired not only for his height, but also, you know, he was a pro athlete, so he could he could handle a lot of the physical stuff. 
Where are the eye holes on that on that mini suit though? That's what it, are they like no, in the mouth? U- they're usually in the neck, but but he has no neck. <laughs> <laughs> It's great when your kids come and like wake you up when you're just trying to take a nap or sleep. Because you know his his eyes don't have any motion to them. I wonder if his head actually sat in the head and like his his nostrils or even his mouth were the were the eye holes. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe because his yeah because his mouth doesn't really move. I don't think at least not much. So maybe behind the. Like the mouth, maybe there's there's something there. That's not a bad suit. No. Just a fairly hideous design. Yeah. Well, I know the um for Final Wars, uh I know Wakasa and all the suit builders. I know Minya was actually the suit they were like super, super proud of. Cause it is like a what he probably should look like a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> yeah, this one is more like the baby from uh, from dinosaurs. Or what's interesting is Gary in, Coleman. He he gets that one a lot. In <laughs> this version, the the inter, this is the international version. Her um her language is is more. Uh, I don't know what's the word like it's more primitive or like less refined, you know, like mm-hmm. first of all, her, her name in the dub is Reiko, isn't it? Like it's not yeah, Seiko. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, but like she like she speaks a little bit more in like half sentences and she doesn't use a lot of pronouns like she's a little bit more island native. Um. That's just kind of an interesting twist. I don't. I haven't watched the AIP dub in in such a long time to know if that holds through to that too. I just know it's in the international dub. No, nah, it's she. She's basically just speaking regular English in the AIP dub. I don't remember anything being weird about it. I love that dub, by the way. It's a. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Well, I know. Um, I know. Criterion. She's got an arm. <laughs> Criterion has the rights to a lot of these titles, so it'd be nice if they included the, the U.S. version. Uh, he's in trouble for some reason. Why is Godzilla he, so pissed about this? I, I have no idea. So he was trying to play with Godzilla, and Godzilla was like, get out of here, I'm trying to sleep. And... So he's like off playing by himself, and he's like, "What are you doing? Get back over there!" Now Godzilla's abusing his child. Well, now he's doing <laughs> a temper. Falls over. This is this is just accurate. Like <laughs> I know that was exactly what I was thinking. I was about to say this is exactly what happens. This is just having a child. Godzilla's not a bad dad. He's just he's just a dad. He's pretty negligent. Well, well he we'll was he was bad when he like left him there. Well, maybe he was just trying to teach a little bastard a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I now, keep bringing up, uh, go ahead, Bert. Oh, I was going to say we were talking about the dub. Um, 
there's uh, uh now are you guys Gymantis Spiga people at all? I'm oddly enough a Kamakura's Spiga person. I'm Gymantis Spiga. And I think that comes from the name Gymantis is not said in this movie very often. But the name Kamakuras is said uh, rather exclamatorily in Godzilla's Revenge, right? When he mm-hmm. falls down the pit. Oh, Kamakuras! Um, <laughs> so, and that's in the dub, too. So that's that's where I got Kamakuras from. But then, yeah, I've always been a Spiga person. I can't remember the last time I used either of them. I like Gem Mantis. I actually think I do prefer Kumonga. I like Kumonga. Yeah. I like Kumanga and Kamakuras. But I, I always did that because this is the only movie that used those names. Like, you know, you watch Destroy All Monsters and they, they say Kumanga. You watch, you know... No, in Destroy All Monsters they call oh, them Spiga. They go, with the, <laughs> they go with the Matt Parmley pronunciation. Man, those people are dumb. I need to just have a... I just need to binge the AIP dubs in a long time because... That's another one I haven't watched with that dub in just so long. I have that dub on the Blu-ray. Yeah, I got the... Did you get the, the first edition that had all the cool stuff on it? Yeah. Not after they fucked it all up for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is... So, here, there's another little interesting moment in this in this movie, like a little, another little flub, right? So... I think it's it's here, or maybe not. But I I thought it was here. Maybe I'm wrong now. But where he's like, "Oh, hey, take a take a lighter. It's the only way Kumonga's web can be cut." And then he's like, "What's Kumonga?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, it just happened. He's like, he's like, "Hey, take a, the the Kumonga's web can only be cut by heat." And then he's like, "By the way, what's Kumonga?" Like. <laughs> So he's been reading about he's been reading Dr. Matsumiya's notes about a giant insect whose web can only be cut by heat. But he's like, hmm, no idea what kind of giant insect that could be. <laughs> it's worth noting that, uh, well, we've talked a lot about Fukuda, but this was at the point where Honda had pretty much pieced out of this franchise. Um, I think... After Ghidorah and Monster Zero, you know, he realized that they, these weren't really the kinds of movies he wanted to make. You know, he was more into the hard sci-fi, you know, the more or a more serious approach like Godzilla vs. The Thing or something. So they started giving these to Fukuda while Honda had the A-Team and he would do stuff like, uh, like War of the Gargantuas or Frankenstein or Matango. He would, he, he would get the more grounded kind of movies and he'd come this back this one for though at, at least i don't know this one in a in a way almost feels like it could be a honda movie just in in that like i think the characters like a, I, I think the characters and then um this movie has you know the themes of you know man and nature and you know the 
technology and the weather balloon and stuff but uh yeah i know i know as far as the monsters are portrayed especially godzilla and minya he he even said um he he said i never would have been able to make a movie like son of godzilla and i think he's talking about just how human the monsters act you know that was like his thing that you know, made him like, oh, I don't know if I'm seeing eye to eye with what you're doing was in King Kong versus Godzilla when Subaraya was saying, yeah, you know, Godzilla's gonna clap like an idiot and <laughs> do all this stuff. Actually, uh, Sato, when he was scoring the film, he said in an interview, um, this is off of um, Japan's favorite monster again, but he said he personified animals the monsters started to have human personalities and characteristics. And he was comparing that to Fukube's work, and he said Fukube succeeded because he didn't personify Godzilla. And I turned them into, I turned the beast into a person, which, I mean, I don't know how else he could have scored these films because that's what was kind of called for. Um, but it definitely plays out. I mean, when you're watching it, the, the themes fit mm-hmm. beautifully with what's going yeah, on. Yeah, Godzilla, you tell him. Yeah, here he is threatening to hit his kid. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, Fukuda even... He put the smack in multiple times. To, to get back to Fukuda, he's, he also said, you know, I don't think Godzilla should have a personality. You know, I, I think Godzilla should be, you know, like the original Godzilla. He should just be this brutal force. But he gotta, he, he gotta eat, man. He needs, <laughs> needs to... <laughs> Jun Fukuda gotta eat. So I guess there must be some sort of gland or something in their tail that produces this. Or it's just it scares them into being able to do it, kind of, you know, like, because it hurts. I like how Godzilla is just like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to bed now. And Minya's like, <laughs> what? I I love how I, there's there's two things about this that I I love on that same kind of ironic level. One that uh, here you're seeing the birth of another giant man killing fire breathing monster, and they're like smiling and laughing. <laughs> uh, and two, uh, these radioactive fire breathing creatures just breathe their radioactive fire <laughs> into the water and they're like yeah, they're let's drinking. Go, let's go drink some of this truly it's safe you couldn't find another like spring or something to go go in no it's the warm red water we're going to cure your sickness by giving you cancer <laughs> it's Kool-Aid <laughs> drink the Kool-Aid So, okay, though, Minya or Little Godzilla? What? Oh, um, I like, I like Minya. Oh, God, this is another great freakout. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like, uh, I like Minya more. I mean, but I mean, if you're talking about, like, the character, or, like, I mean, Godzilla Jr. is my favorite adolescent Godzilla. I said Little Godzilla. All right, well, if we're going Little Godzilla against Minya, just that one from Space Godzilla, I'm going to say Minya. Minya. Although I do like the, I, I like the Little Godzilla um, suit. And I like that he shoots those little bubbles. The bubble effect is definitely cool. But Minya. 
Speaking of which, I'm re- I'm I'm reading that uh, the name Manila, well, obviously Mini Godzilla, but it was uh, part of a naming contest. Um, and uh, uh, so supposedly, following the conclusion of Toho's naming campaign for the still unnamed Manila prior to the release of Son of Godzilla, uh, whereas. As many as 8,211 applicants had submitted entries, a raffle was conducted, and Manila, which had been submitted 135 times, was drawn and became the monster's final name. And then a public event uh, was held, which was a naming ceremony at the film set with the stars... And there's photos of this. If you've ever seen those weird uh, photos of Minya uh, on the set, but wearing, like, um, I don't know, I'm not familiar enough with, like, Japanese customs to know what it's called, but it's kind of the vest thing that um, you see in in some ceremonies. Minya's wearing that. That's supposedly from his naming ceremony. So does that mean someone cheated and, and wanted Manila... And put it in 135 <laughs> times. Because if that's like true, that that sh- shouldn't that have been disqualified? Like, does that count as cheating? No. Or was it just that out of 8,000 entries, like 130 people were like, "Oh, you should just be mini, like mini Godzilla, like mini Minizilla, <laughs> or Mil- Milana." yeah like yeah shots like that that have like the big claw yeah stuff yeah those are those are good oh no he's gonna step on that doll (laughs) (laughs) this is a really cool uh, sequence. I, what I really like about this is, um, is the the Kamakuras getting stronger. You know, because mm-hmm. um, earlier in the film we see, you know, like Godzilla kick kick their asses, and the first time they get fire breathed on them, they burst into flames. And then even here, you know, they get the little smoke ring or the little thing of fire and it kind of hurts him and then it stops bothering him and then you know when Godzilla shows up again later in this scene and breathes fire on him he he flies away you know he kind of shakes it off a little bit so it's I like that that kind of implication that they're not getting immune to it but they're not like just complete cannon fodder right like and then yeah here's a really cool really cool sequence yeah that's so well done the claw popping out of the ground like that I love this set I think the the matte paintings really blend in well with the with the background yeah especially in these the the closer up shots you know like in some of the 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 more wide scope shots they they stand out kind of bad as matte paintings but in the the closer up stuff they they do really blend in very well should be mentioned that uh um 
Subaraya was he has a a super effect supervisor credit on here, but he really didn't do a whole lot. This was mostly uh, Taisho Arakawa, who was his assistant, uh, was the He's main well. effects director. And this is the first time he was, you know, kind of flying solo without a lot of Subaraya uh, input. I mean, I'm sure Subaraya popped into the set a couple times, but. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's all Arakawa, and I think uh, I think he did some good stuff. I mean, the uh, I think these marionettes for the the Kumakras and Kumangas were really intricate. And yeah, I know, and I know these guys said they were a real pain in the ass to move. I can imagine. Like, it's several people operating that thing above the rafters. In the, like, they're up there in the rafters on the set. And there is Kumanga. Speaking of puppeteers, uh, Kumanga took something like 20 puppeteers, um, three for each leg in some cases, um, which beat the record that King Ghidorah had for the kaiju that needed the most uh, puppeteers. It's so good. It's like... Move so fluid. Yeah. Of course we know that uh, that webbing is coming out of the wrong end. <laughs> if we want to be scientifically accurate. You're not going to have him turn around and spray his butt at people. <laughs> Do, does, do we know what it's made out of in you know like what the that prop is what that substance is I don't know but geez I mean yeah I'd like to know like what the fur was and like the you know whatever they used to make that vagina mouth is <laughs> I was just thinking that and uh, uh. Nakano, who was, at, at, I mean, this early, he was just an assistant, but he said that this giant arm was really hard to maneuver and a lot, and it was really kind of unpredictable. I can, ima- I can imagine it's got some, like, that, that kind of first shot where we see it, it extends far in and you don't see, like, anyone manipulating it or operating it you know so it's interesting looking at like this kumanga or the original you know 61 mothra and just think how great those props still look even compared to some of the more recent toho movies oh this beats the pants off of the final wars kumanga yeah like that mothra is pretty great but yeah as far as kumanga goes I mean, this is every bit as good, and yeah, I'd say better, even. You guys like the red eyes and destroy monsters with the purple eyes in this? Do you have a preference, DK? That's the nerdiest fucking question. I didn't even know they had different <laughs> color eyes. Well, now you know, man. Yeah, I don't think I ever noticed that he has different color eyes. <laughs> Those are purple. Yeah. 
I know. Said, do you like the red eyes that are in the Destroy All Monsters? Oh, okay. I don't know. What kind of... Who has a preference? You know, uh-huh. uh, the Kumanga and Destroy All Monsters was good, but can't beat the purple eyes, man. <laughs> the only reason I know that in my defense is because X-Plus did basically release the same figure and just change the icon. I love that they just ran for their lives, and then they're like, oh, look, it's the professor. Let's say hi. <laughs> do you do you think you should mention to him that the giant sp- man-eating spider is alive? <laughs> Don't worry about it. See, I would be pissed. I would be like, did you not think this was important? You know, they they never... Can anyone hear me? No, uh, couldn't permit. Oh, join. <laughs> Were you guys talking? I was trying to talk the whole time. Tom was talking a little bit. You were. Mm. Did you answer my question? What question about I purple said, eyes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said uh, she never mentioned what happened to her family. Did she? Uh, she says her mother died giving birth to her, and her father died later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's it. I think it's implied her father was was a little bit older because uh, the professor in this says he used to like look up to him or something. But her mom died like giving birth to her. Yeah, that's a really cool prop. Poor Ipei from uh, Ultra Q is getting torn up by Kumanga. Did Bird disappear again? I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. That makes for a great commentary, by the way. (laughs) No, but I was saying, um, so because if if you're the one recording this, I don't know if it got captured by the commentary. I was just, I had mentioned that when Kumanga walked past the tower again, it, it looked, it was really good composition and stuff. And the effects work there was really solid. Oh, yeah. I agree. Should mention that uh, another Toho regular here is Kenji Sahara, who also was a bit put off by the direction that this, these movies were going in. Um, he said. Uh, as far as being put off, uh, he was put off by the increasing childishness of the material, saying a Honda picture has a deeper, harder core with an important theme that would appeal to, to adults. We had a lot of adults attending these movies in the golden era. I started to feel the studio's treatment of the series was a violation of the original idea. Um, 
And then later in 1995, he described the movie as an enjoyable experiment in shifting from a serious tone to light comedy. So, I don't know, I mean, in hindsight, with all these, there being so many of these damn movies now, you know, you think about that, and you're like, well, really? But, I mean, yeah, think at the time, you know. Yeah, this was like only the, <laughs> this was like only the second, I mean, this was the first movie to really not treat Godzilla himself like much of a threat at all. Um, there's, there's very minor lip service paid to it. Um, but like, you know, it's, it's nothing to the extent of, uh, of any of the preceding movies. Um, and this is only the eighth movie. Yeah. You know, it's, it's nothing so over the top. I mean, that the the leap from where destroy all monsters kind of leaves us to where revenge goes is like it's it's insane. Um, that's that's a that's a massive leap. But yeah, it's it's this is really the first one to to lay it on thick on the 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 hero side of things and not even really anti hero. I mean. Because you know the the baby is clearly a good guy, and Godzilla is generally on the baby side. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a definitely a departure for sure. Um, here we have some great looking boulders. <laughs> <laughs> they bounce even. I wonder what the fandom was like back then. Like, did they care like they they do now? Or were they just like, oh, there's a new Godzilla movie. It's kind of weird, but whatever. (laughs) Could you imagine if this was like the, if this is like the tone that we get in uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters? (laughs) I would, I would love that, (laughs) actually. Like, but I can't imagine just the people would lose their damn minds. You can't make fans happy, man. Does it bother you guys when people call uh, <laughs> that boulder just fell to the bottom of the frame and bounced back up? By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Does it bother you guys when people call Minya Godzuki? A I mean, little bit. Well, it's like, come on. Did you fail Godzilla 101? I mean, is this person a per- like? Oh, they saw two Godzilla movies and they happen to also understand. Well, a lot that. of people say that. Even that GIF that I put in that thread earlier said that. With Maury saying Godzilla's not the father and him doing the happy yeah. dance. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bother me as much now, mainly because like my son kind of does that because we watched the Hanna Barbera cartoon for a while. And so like every Why? little Godzilla. <laughs> watch the ninety. Watch the ninety eight cartoon, you. But it's like the Hanna Barbera one, but good. <laughs> like it's the same, it's the same general premise, <laughs> but it's better. So there, I mean, you just breathed fire on his own. Man, this shot would be so much better if he had red eyes. You know, is he, this is this this is this where he starts to sound like a like a dying cat? <laughs> yeah, yes. where he's like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also has that thing where when he cries, he sounds like a donkey. 
And when he's trying to get Godzilla's attention, he almost sounds like he's calling him Dada. Wah, wah. Yeah. Minya's a crazy cat, man. Do you think we'll get Minya in the Toho uh, universe? The upcoming Toho universe? The TCU? Yeah, the TCU. <laughs> oh my gosh. When you get Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, and then be like, oh, these movies aren't making money anymore, so we're going to do a last-ditch effort and make King Ghidorah uh, Freedom Monster again. See, the thing that's frustrating about that is that they could re-up their contract with Legendary and just let them and just <laughs> let them do it and just sit there and make money without lifting a finger. But they got to get their hands all up. It's like Sony with the stupid Venom movies and stuff. It's like, oh. no, just it's like all you have to do is sit there and make money. It's stop. Hands off. Because they essentially want to do what Legendary's doing, but with G is like a fifteenth of the budget, probably. That was a really neat shot of Kamakura's rising up out of the the jungle. And is this our first glimpse and our first kind of um, indication that Kumanga's got the poisonous? Uh, what is it? The poisonous. Spears, stingers, or whatever. Yeah. Coming up soon. That's a. That ends up being an interesting. You know, for being uh, what you would say, quote unquote, just a giant spider, Kumanga is a badass. He messes people up. He kills Kamakuros here. Yeah. He's he's probably one of the tougher uh, villains. Hmm. He really gives Godzilla a run for his money there. He does for a bit. So yeah, here they're they're doing their their experiment to try and freeze freeze the monsters so they can escape. Even though they're they already have a method to escape. On that explosion, woke up Godzilla. Wait a second, where'd my child go? Yeah. He loses track of him constantly. <laughs> it's like on The Simpsons where Homer saw that. Uh, that oh, that's a really like... horrible shot. Of the scene. <laughs> that's a bad shot. Yeah. It, it it certainly doesn't doesn't look good often, but that shot right there was the, the um the scene with. Uh, where he's like teaching him how to breathe fire and stuff, and he's kind of facing the camera was kind of similar. And um, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I remember when I had um, uh, Godzilla versus Gigan is the first Godzilla movie I ever really saw. And at the beginning, when they're going through all the monsters, and they're like, oh, you know, uh, um, you know. Anguilas, Rodan, and and you know they show all the monsters on Monster Island, and they show that clip. Uh, Godzilla looks so messed up in that, in, well, in this movie, but in that scene, that I I thought that was two different monsters, like two separate monsters. <laughs> like I was like, like I didn't know who these monsters were. Like I said, that's the first Godzilla movie I saw, 
And like, um, yeah, they show, I was like, what's this little like thing and this thing next to it? Like, I thought those were two monsters. I didn't know I was looking at Godzilla and something else. I was thought I was, I thought I was just looking at two monsters separate from Godzilla. Like, and you know, I mean, we, we say that about the 98 movie, like, oh, if you look at it, it doesn't look like Godzilla. But I mean, man, go back to that scene. That don't look like no Godzilla. What it looks like. <laughs> this is such a weird. Either Godzilla's given up or he's been killed by the other monsters, but he's on his way. Way there. <laughs> like how uh, Kamung is toying with with Minya by just like I'm about to stab you repeatedly. And it's like that in every version of the movie. So it's it's a weird like. I don't know. They couldn't say, like, oh, you know, Godzilla showed up, and so therefore the baby's not calling out to him anymore. You know, like, no, I, he's he's been killed. Well, clearly not. <laughs> I love the shot of uh, Kumunga flipping over. Uh, Would it be better if he had red eyes, though? I just, yeah. I can't, <laughs> I really can't say enough about the manga and uh i well i and also i guess um nakano said they made about six puppets of different sizes and you know they would use them depending on the scene but i mean if that's really true i mean i i wouldn't be able to tell i haven't noticed i think you can tell not (laughs) tell tell but like a little bit like you know when you got the when you had that that shot of the kind of camera like looking over Kumonga's for lack of a better word shoulder that that could be a puppet because it's you know maybe the legs are placed differently such that they can kind of get a camera in there um so you're like oh I could see you know oh we had to create two or three puppets but like yeah six I mean I can't I can't tell Oh, right, the vagina mouth. <laughs> but yeah, this shot where it's like behind his shoulder or whatever. Well, now it's not that shot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> As of right now, I think this and Mechagodzilla are the only Godzilla movies that are not in print in the U.S. Yeah. So... Hurry up, Criterion. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get your hands on this, uh, it'll cost you. <laughs> there are, uh, uh, if you have Criterion streaming service, Filmstruck, they have, like, they have all these on there. But, but yeah, the, the, the Sony disc here goes for a pretty penny on the interwebs. It's like 50 bucks. You know that's crazy. If this, if it sucks that those are two movies that my kids really like, because with the announcement that that Criterion bought them and they are planning on doing releases, like I feel like we're gonna get a set or something uh, when the next movie comes out. Just a hunch. That would be wise. I could see that. Hey, how come Minya forgets how to do this in the next? Like 
<laughs> few movies. That's a really cool effect, though, and I don't I don't really know how they kind of accomplished that. Of the, um, the the fire stopping the the webbing. Yeah, yeah, it is. That is a really cool effect. The this movie has a lot of stuff in the the effects toolbox. I have to say. I love these. Uh, I know we kind of said it earlier, but those wide shots of the towers and the jungle. Of the sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> What's with people that don't like this movie? I don't know. It's really good. I know Trev doesn't. Trev's not into any of the Fukuda. I think he, he, he said the only Fukuda he likes is Mechagodzilla. But I don't know. Do these people just hate joy? There's a really weird moment there, though, where you get that like weird cut in the movie. Yeah, I like so this here's... where he's playing possum. Yeah, with his vagina. <laughs> and this is just I like how I never understood what would happen there. So I always interpreted that as uh, he like actually spits that thing out like. Like shoot like a projectile. Yeah, no, I always saw it too. Oh no, I always thought it was just a thing that like uh, like a little, not like a tongue, but like a, an appendage, kind of. But so Godzilla has to be a hell of a lot closer than he is. Maybe he, is, he just sticks it out really far, man. <laughs> out of his vagina, this is getting bizarre. <laughs> so yeah, that's I I never. I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to be implied with all those quick shots back and forth that Godzilla is getting closer and closer. But yeah, I always interpreted it as he shoots it out. Kumonga. This is a really cool thing when he, where he, where he up. like stands up. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking huge. It's creepy. Yes, it really it legitimately is. Why do people like dislike this movie, man? They're stupid. I don't know. This is like the only Godzilla movie. Well, one of the only Godzilla movies where there's snow. Well, what else? Uh, Final Wars? Well, that he's in like the Arctic. Yeah. And somehow Arizona. And raids again. Oh, yeah, yeah. And raids again. My God, there's no snow in Arizona. What are you talking about? I thought, I thought he was talking about Kumonga. Kumonga goes from Arizona to like. He just Guam said there's a Godzilla. This one of the only Godzilla movies with snow. I know what he said. I, re- I realize it. Chill. Yeah. Get him. <laughs> you know, there's not a whole lot of kaiju movies with snow. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's definitely reasons for that. And, you know, when uh, when we ultimately get, you know, towards the end of this movie, you're going to see some of those reasons specifically being like, well, even even right now, there's like there's no way the snow should be like lying on Godzilla like that, you know. Like <laughs> you see the flakes, like for for a quote unquote flake to be able to be seen on Godzilla, it would have to be like a ten foot drift. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I always say about the water drops. Yeah, I said that was one of the benefits of uh, the new movies having CG. Like in Pacific Rim, when Gypsy Danger comes out of the ocean, you know the water droplets aren't like normal size 
Well, and then like, and then yeah, when they're when they're walking through the snow in this, and you you consider how huge that snow would have to be. It's like they're walking through like thirty foot snow drifts. It's been snowing for like two and a half minutes. It's like, oh, professor, you just created a doomsday machine. <laughs> <laughs> and here, Godzilla doesn't seem very concerned whatsoever. Yeah, this is a really weird moment for getting his child again. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to go not freeze to death. You <laughs> freeze to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's just like really sad. Like, help me, please, please, I'm dying, please. No, oh, sorry, we we just killed the giant spider. It's time to just. Well, there was a deleted scene where Godzilla makes it to shore, and then changes his mind and goes back for Minya. That was cut. That's even worse. <laughs> Boy, that is fucked up. <laughs> Um. Yeah, the, you can see that in uh, I think some of the trailers and um, like some of the like outtake collections. Like, yeah, he he he, he pretty much makes it, and then he's like, uh, "I guess I'll go back." <laughs> he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm a terrible father." Yeah, and there's some there's some photos of that scene online too. Well, you know, he didn't even want to be a dad. He just. <laughs> I wonder if Anthony Mackie is listening to this. What? <laughs> didn't you see that clip when uh, he was with the other Infinity War actors on Conan? He started talking about Son of Godzilla. Because <laughs> 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 they were t- Conan brought up the fan theory that Captain America is a virgin and his virginity is what gives him his strength. And uh, uh, one of the other actors is like, well, uh, I think it was, um, what's her name from Black Panther? Uh, Michonne from The Walking Dead. She's like, that's really beautiful, actually. And Anthony Mackie is like, well, you know, when you think of virgins, you don't really think intimidating. And then he just goes, Godzilla wasn't a virgin. And Chris Pratt and, Chris Pratt and Scarlett Johansson are like, how do you know that? And he's like, Godzilla had a baby. He's like, watch Son of Godzilla. <laughs> and then Andy Richter was like, well, who is the mom? And, and they said Mothra. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, maybe they're in, like, post and Avengers... Infinity War 2, and they're listening to this commentary. Hey, it's that guy. The white guy on the left. He's in. He's like token white guy in all of these. <laughs> like, anytime there's like a scene of like uh, a U.S. ambassador or someone in one of those government U.N. things, they get that guy all the time. Where do like... Is it weird that they never really bothered to explain where Minya came from? No, not really. Because I mean, I well, I, mean, I guess, I guess she's adopted son. Yeah, like, I guess Godzilla's when you think, very progressive. Well, yeah, I guess when you think of that, like Godzilla's like, this isn't even my kid. 
And then he goes back and he's like, huh, I guess I guess he can be my kid, whatever. I ain't doing anything else. <laughs> so that was Son of Godzilla, a, a heartwarming ending. I love that movie. It's, you know, it's it it the time blows by. It's insane how how fast the no, movie goes. No, I can't goes. believe it's over. Like we didn't even really like we didn't watch it. We talked over it, and I can't believe it's over already. And yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun. It's really breezy, really fast paced, lots of kaiju action, uh, but. But fun characters too, you know. You got Yoshio Suchi as the maniac who's always trying to kill everybody. Uh, Akira Kubo as the the reporter who's willing to just jump out of a plane onto a desert, onto a uh, onto an isolated island with no way to get back home <laughs> because he smells a story. <laughs> um. You got Akihiko Harata. There's there's a lot of like fun characters in the movie. There's a lot of fun performances, and and yeah, and lots of kaiju action. It just happens to have the worst Godzilla suit, but yeah, this is like in my top ten for you sure. You also had a uh, Tadeo Takashima from King Kong versus Godzilla. He's in there. Which that, there's a rumor that he refused to f- go to Guam to film. And so hmm. he didn't do any of the location stuff, which is weird. You know, uh, we should also mention, I think this is the only Godzilla movie to have a female screenwriter. Uh, Sekizawa collaborated with a woman, um, uh, what's this, named, uh, let me see if I can find her name, Kazue Shiba. And this is one of only two writing credits for her. But Hmm. Interesting. Other than that, and then uh, Oshima composing the Tezuka movies, there really haven't been any like prominent female people behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, yeah. Maybe that's what we need. Not for not not on Father's Day, Bird. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But that son so of yeah, Godzilla. If you like to abandon your kids, <laughs> threaten them with violence, and teach them how to slaughter innocents, then Son of Godzilla is just a Father's Day viewing for you. Happy yeah, Father's Day! Released in Finland as Frankenstein's Island. <laughs> that's, and, I, that's and in all Italy, those, released like, as Return of Gorgo. <laughs> All those German, like like Germanic countries, and especially Germany, like Frankenstein is so popular. All the movies yeah. are like well, yeah. The called, German title like, is Frankenstein's Monsters Hunt Godzilla's Son. Yeah, and so I, and what I don't know is if they added any scenes. Or if they just switched up some of the dialogue in the dubs I or whatever. I think but it's like, mostly dialogue. I could but, be wrong, but I think it's mostly dialogue. They basically just imply in all these movies that like one or more of the monsters are created by Frankenstein. <laughs> Who curiously never shows up. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's just to 
get people because Frankenstein was a big deal for some reason still in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's. And and this movie, I forgot to mention while while we were watching the movie, this movie is actually referenced in the TV show MASH, um, which I don't think the timing actually adds up then because mash was korea korea was like the 50s right um but at one point someone says oh we're gonna be screening a movie tonight or and it and oh what movie and they say firstborn of godzilla uh so they they talk about screening so they they got in in mash they got uh son of godzilla you know 10 years early well i'll be damned So in Ma- so in the Mash universe, they went from Godzilla King from what? Yeah, Godzilla raids again to this. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it is a. It's got to be at least a somewhat popular movie, right? Because you saw Kamakuras come back in Final Wars and. Kumanga came back then, yeah. and, and and every series has had a version of, you know, a son of Godzilla. You know, yeah. I think the Legendary series might be the only one that doesn't throw that our way. Yeah. And you know, I will say, well, yeah, because even the anime technically did, right? Yes, because the first one they killed the little Godzilla, and then the big one comes out at the end. He's all pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And um And yeah, I mean you could even say the ninety eight version. I mean he had all the tiny uh Godzillas running around the movie and then there was the one that survived and became Godzilla in the animated series. Speaking of which I actually do like that explanation from the ninety eight movie that he's asexual. Cause you know a lot So of- this So this Godzilla would have laid that egg. Yeah. So that makes him a, even a really bad father, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think that's that. I think that was actually a clever addition to the mythos. That yeah, how's he getting these babies? He's asexual. Yeah, but no, I mean the 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 movies have all had always operated under the notion that there could be more than one Godzilla out there right yeah, like yeah. i mean we're, well, we we well, are well, still well this Godzilla in, is uh, that's the other thing in son of godzilla we are still in the idea that godzilla was um awoken by atomic testing but not mutated yeah um, right. Yeah, and then uh, and this Godzilla is the one that first showed up in Raids Again, and that's different from the 54 one. Like, the 54 right. one was just some one-off Godzilla that was, like, shitty as job. An asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And got killed. <laughs> so, yeah. And this is a really good... Uh, DVD in terms of just the transfer in terms of the in terms of the presentation um, it's actually better than I think any of the Blu-rays other than the Criterion um, 
or at least it's on par, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, um, but I still think, you know, presentation wise, uh, the classic media DVDs might have the best presentation, honestly. Yeah, packaging, special features, all that. Yeah. Um, but they, they are as of now, the worst looking yeah. releases. Yeah, um, no, the, the Sony discs all look great. That's why I still haven't gotten the, well, except for 84, I haven't gotten any of the Kraken stuff. Cause it's like the Sony disc look just looks so good. Oh, the sea monster disc of Kraken looks awesome. Yeah. That's what I hear. Um, all right. Well, yeah, this uh, DVD holds up. Yeah, if 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 you can find it for a good price, go for it. If not, I mean, wait. You know, this will be out at some point. Yeah. Or if you're a nostalgia hound looking for the AIB AIP dub, uh, it's out there. It is. And it's, you can get it for free. So don't go to like those bootleg sites and be paying for that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's a really good dub too. I know I said that, but I like all the AIP stuff. All right, well, all right. Happy Father's Day. Yes, happy Father's Day to you guys and all the listeners at home. Um, and, uh, yes, well, this is before Father's Day, so hopefully we all have a good one. So, Yay, happy Father's Day. Yeah. All right, well, take it easy, everybody.